Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, 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 guys. Welcome back in Wednesday. All right, guys. Well, this week is already one for the books, but we have a lot of exciting things going on. I just finished my interview with Sonia Richards-Ross from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, because as you know, we're getting a new season literally like tomorrow. But it's not tomorrow, but you get what I'm saying. And then tonight we have our Vanderpump Rules after party at 10.25 p.m. Eastern. It's a little bit later because we have Sheena on Watch What Happens Live. And we know that Andy Cohn is not going to resist asking some Coachella and Scandaval questions. But with that, we're back to talk about New Jersey, right? That's what I said. So go ahead and rate this episode 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. And let's welcome our very special guest, Ricky Cornish. Hello. Hola, mi amigo. How are you? Oh, my God. Mi amigo. Wow. Coming in with the Latin flair. You know it, girl. I literally took six years of Spanish, and that's pretty much all I can tell you. <laughs> like, I wish I could do more. <laughs> do you know, funny enough, I have a funny Spanish story. Can I tell you really quick? Please. Okay, so when I was taking Spanish class, it's when the iPhone 3 came out, and I used to sit there because we had to take Spanish 1 and 2 or French, and I wasn't even going to attempt that. So I took Spanish and I would sit there with my iPhone with the translator in the middle of my legs when I was taking like tests and stuff. And all of a sudden, the Spanish teacher, her name was Miss Laughlin, she came around and saw that. So she changed all the tests to us having five minute conversations in groups of two in front of the class. And I failed. So um. <laughs> See, you are the type of kid I would hate in school. I'd be like, you ruined it for the rest of us, Adam. <laughs> I'm like, I got us busted, guys. I'm sorry. She's like, everybody whip out their iPhones. Everybody's like, I don't have an iPhone. I'm like, you motherfuckers do have iPhones. I'm not going down. I'm going down by myself. Okay, get, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, well, hey, listen, it all happens to all of us. There's all been a moment we've been busted for something we shouldn't have been doing, but it happens. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, also another thing, and I know this is totally off topic, but I never understood in math why you couldn't use a calculator. That's it. I'm done. That's stupid. Thank God we're out of school, girl. <laughs> Thank God we're out of school. But Ricky, I wanted to ask you the same question. What would you rate last night's episode? You know, I'm going to kind of rate it the same way I'm feeling about the season overall. And it's just like fine. So I would maybe give it like a six or a seven. Yeah. You know, like, I need more from these girls. I mean, I feel that. I feel like we need a lot more from these ladies. And I feel like right now, you know, the episode, well, one, we can't get through an, 
a meal in Ireland without screaming at each other, fighting about this damn wedding, somebody being called a rat, the arsenal of it all. It's very dramatic for a place that's supposed to be so serene and beautiful. <laughs> I know, but you know, this is the housewives, Adam. You know that they're going to be arguing over everything. I think it's so funny when Dolores is like, well, we ruined another meal. <laughs> I mean, she's like, yeah, she's like, uh, okay, here we are again. All right. Well, we kick off this episode. I And to be fair, I agree with you on the six. But we kick off this episode with Jackie Goldschneider, who is in a drinking competition at the Irish pub. She took that down like a champ. She's a champ. I gagged. Like, she kills it. I don't know how she does that, because I can barely drink beer as it is. So the idea of trying to, like, chug something, let alone Guinness in Ireland, I mean, like, that is some heavy shit right there. Oh, sorry. That is some heavy stuff right there. So, like, oh, I cannot even imagine, like, even trying to drink that. So the fact that she was able to chug that and beat everybody else, props to Jackie. I'll give her credit where credit is due. She's a monster. If she could literally bring that same energy onto the housewives, we wouldn't have a problem, Jackie. You would be a-okay. But... I also wanted to ask you, because as we're all doing the chugging competitions, we have Jen Fessler and she tries and she's spilling it all over her face, all over her shirt. I don't know what the hell was going on, but then we have the Teresa of it all. And she comes over and dumps the drink right on Jen Fessler. And I was shocked, shook it when I saw Jen Fessler pour the drink back like right on her head. I'm like, no, can you do that? Like, I'm so afraid of Teresa. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I'm not the one on this show why am i afraid to do it mm-hmm. i love how t- Teresa kind of played it off super well right because i thought the same thing i know for me like i would not like that like if i was at a party and i was dressed up nice like they all dress very well and i was wearing some nice outfit and somebody threw a drink on me it's one thing if someone spills something on me like that happens like okay but it's one thing if someone threw it at me and like they were like trying to have fun with me in that way i'd be like oh no 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 like you need to go home like that's so not the vibe so i love that Teresa like played it off super well and she wasn't angry about it because i know for me i probably wouldn't be able to handle it as well as she did yeah no i mean yeah and it's good that she's able she's like you know what i'm waiting for melissa to say something and i'm gonna rip her face off so i'm good on you jen fessler right now you get a pass it reminds me of like what was it the real house of salt lake city when they were in arizona and they were on that party bus and they were like pouring drinks on on each other but it was kind of obvious that meredith and lisa were like throwing drinks on each other because they kind of hated each other at the time so that's what it kind of reminded me of a little bit Okay. I, I miss our Salt Lake City housewives. Yeah, I do too. But no more black eye storylines. Give us something good for this next season, girlies. Heather Gay, we will fire you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't care if you're on Ultimate Girls Trip or not. You will be fired. F-I-R-E-D, Heather Gay. But no, you're Period. right. Not. <laughs> so we also had Margaret Josephs in this episode, and she's rocking an endorsed t-shirt to the hungover brunch, the hungover breakfast the next morning, which by the way, I think that these ladies might be able to handle their alcohol better than their husbands. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to take a page out of Giselle and Robin's book. Was that reasonable or was that shady? I thought it was kind of both. It was like both reasonable and shady. It's like, this is what you come to expect from a housewife, like wearing something that's so petty and whatnot, but it's also kind of shady. But I love that because it's fun. Like that's fun shade. And you could see Jennifer was even kind of laughing about it. Like she didn't take it seriously at all. And that's good. Like I think funny moments like those are like what brings this show together. Like it's obviously a shady intention, but it's met in fun and you could have a laugh over it. Yeah. And I also, to be fair too, you know, some people last night were saying, that is so rude of Margaret and that's so bitchy and all of these things. And I'm like, guys, rude 
was Giselle Bryant wearing hashtag tax reform when she found out that Karen and her husband owed millions. That is rude. Okay. Endorsed. Mm, I think that's a little bit of that's a cotton candy shade. That's okay. That's nothing compared to what they but Margaret and Jennifer throw at each other almost every episode. Like a little endorsed t-shirt is absolutely child's play. <laughs> disheveled. I mean, she didn't wear a shirt that said you're a disheveled drug addict. Yeah, yeah. She could have done a lot worse if she really wanted to. I agree with that. Well, also, Ricky, you owe me a cannoli. So when Jason and I meet you in Vegas, we are getting those cannolis, but. I wanted to ask you, are you familiar with blood pudding? No, I've never had that. But to be honest with you, I would eat it. I know that sounds kind of crazy. Like, I know some people are, like, floored by that. But, like, listen, if that's the... I'm very much, like, if that's the culture, like, of, of course, I wouldn't do just anything because it's the culture. But something like that, I mean, I love sausage personally. So I would be down to try it. I don't know if I would love it. I don't know if, like, maybe I would, it's something I would want to eat regularly. But if I'm in Ireland and, like, that's a very normal thing that, like, people eat, I would try I would at least try it, you know? I mean, I had to look this up while you were saying that you would at least try it because I'm going to tell you, Ricky, by the way, guys, we have so many people in the room, smash that like button. When Jason and I moved to Thailand for a little bit, we were greeted on the very first night with our friend and her family. And they brought us to this restaurant that was right on the water. And they pulled up this fish, butchered the hell out of it, cooked it right in front of us, and then slapped it right smack dab in the middle of the table. They put a fork in one eye and put a fork in the other and handed both forks to Jason and I and said, <laughs> no pun intended, and said, you guys must eat this. It's a Thai delicacy. And I said, I'm so sorry. I cannot eat that. And Jason <clears throat> was fine. He'll eat anything. And I was like, I can't do that. And they said, if you don't do it, it's rude. And I was like, listen, girl, I'm American. So you probably think I'm rude anyways. I apologize. I cannot eat the eye out of the fish. I'm sorry. So I don't even know if I could do the blood pudding. I really don't. And I just looked up a photo. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that does look kind of foul. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I respect the culture, but listen, oh, you know what? I would, I would still try it. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it is kind of gross to look at, but I would try it. I don't even know. And this is no disrespect. I just don't know what the hell that is. Right. Blood girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think it is at least. Yeah, I would try it. I would try it. Unpopular opinion. Okay. Okay. Listen, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Even though we still don't know what it is, we're good. But yes. now Melissa and Jennifer Aiden are talking at this little it's not even a boozy brunch. It's just a hungover brunch. So we're gonna call it a hungover hangout. But they start talking and all of a sudden. I love how they keep the storylines moving, which, by the way, I think Jennifer Aiden and Margaret Josephs are so great at keeping the storylines moving because they're just like, nothing's happening. Well, I don't want to sit here for five hours and film with you bitches. So instead, um, she called her a rat. So, hey, Rachel, how do you feel about being called a rat? And Melissa and Jennifer Aiden, just to let Rachel know, Danielle's not in the room and she called you a rat. Was that reasonable or was that shady? (laughs) Shady, but I agree with you. It's so great that these housewives, you know, after a fun night out next morning, all right, let's get back to the drama. Let's get back to the problems in the group. Like, let's keep this thing going here. Um, so yeah, I definitely could see why that they brought it up. And what I like about these housewives is they try and play it off like it's so natural the way that they kind of just bring up these moments, but it's also so obvious that they're like, okay, let's make this brunch or this breakfast like a little interesting here so definitely shady but i was here for it (laughs) and margaret doesn't skip a beat she immediately kind of jumps in and she's she's just like well what you know as soon as danielle sits down they all 
what's in that? Well, I heard it's rat's blood. And then Margaret's like, do you believe I have an arsenal or not? Do you? Do you? And she's sitting here and Danielle's like, oh, I can't throw this out there. I have my friend over here from Envy and I just accused her of stealing a $25 outfit after I hosted my pop-up shop there. But she is my friend and I don't want to out this alleged affair that I just heard about. So Margaret, I'm going to gracefully bow out of this one, which I just did an interview with her and I'm like, she started off and she said, oh, Adam, I'm nervous because you're tough. And I'm like, I'm not tough. I'm sitting over here rooting for you. I just want you to stop walking away. <laughs> I love that she came for you. <laughs> That's great. I, mean, I don't like, know if it was a compliment or if it was a little shit. I don't know. I really, I love Danielle, but I'm like, you, stop walking away. And if you're sitting on some information, who gives a shit about Jennifer Aiden in this moment? Throw it on the table. There, somebody's going to throw it on the table anyways. Right. No, exactly. And listen, that's what happens with these housewives. You know, we love them so much. They got to ask the hard questions. I mean, listen, that's what they're supposed to do. They answer the hard questions from these ladies, from the producers, from Andy and us journalists. I mean, this is what we do. <laughs> I mean, um, Gigi said, who stole an outfit? You heard about this, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Danielle, um, she was doing the Real Housewives of New Jersey after show. Just a quick tidbit for you guys. And she was talking about this and the producers were asking her about her time hosting her pop-up shop for her Bougie Kids line at Envy. And she's like, by the way, my good girlfriend spent over $700 in her store and that benefited her more than it benefited me. And she took an outfit. She stole an outfit from me and I'm just putting that out there. And Rachel defended Melissa and said, actually... You paid for the $25 little baby outfit, which at the end of the day, I would be like, honestly, and this is just me. I understand that she's like, I brought all my friends there and they shopped and Melissa benefited more. But it's like, it's like when you're the house. I mean, you know this from Vegas, when you're the house, you win, you know, and she was the house. So you can really get mad at her if she, she didn't charge you booth rent. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that was kind of just pettiness, you know, typical petty housewife, you know, banter, just like, well, she did this. And then, well, I did this for her and she did this, you know, like, I think that's nothing super crazy in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I think Melissa knew what she was doing in that moment. She knew that that would obviously benefit her by bringing new clientele over that are Danielle's friends and everything like that. But I don't think that's the only reason Melissa did it. I mean, I would like to think Melissa did it for, you know, to do, to be nice to Danielle and like open it up to her, but who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, they're on a TV show. They got to work together in some capacity. So it just felt like an easy way for them to first hang out and kind of get to know each other. I agree with that. I agree. Well, we also know that nothing good happens in a sprinter van or a van <laughs> at all on the Housewives. Yet, here we are again. Okay, let's start with Jen Fessler here. You can see her. It's not a mugshot, guys. She looks great. So <laughs> Jen Fessler ends up bringing up to the ladies about her husband's affair. Now, it was the seven-year itch, but they've been together for... Uh, there's a discrepancy here. Was it 21? Was it 23? Do we count the two years that they were apart? Yes, we do when it counts to gifts. I don't know what's going on. But one thing I have to applaud Jen Fessler for is she's very open. Like, she does not hold back anything. And she's not trying to put on this like, oh my God... Look at me. My life is perfect and amazing. She's like, no, I slept with Tony Soprano. I had him inside of me. My husband had an affair. I fucking love my husband, a little douchebag who had an affair. Like, she just puts it all out there. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I actually love this whole scene, to be honest with you. I loved that 
not only Jen Fessler, but Margaret and Teresa and Dolores and Jennifer Aiden. Like they were also open about the problem, the problems that happened in their marriages and that most of some of like Margaret cheated, for example, and obviously Dolores and Jennifer were cheated on. And, you know, Teresa had her problems. And I just thought it was really great that they all were just so open about all of these problems that they've had in their marriages, because I think so often we're, we're just taught to think that, you know, marriages are supposed to be perfect and like you get through every issue and blah, blah, blah. And I think it was just nice to see how they all were open about how they handled their individual situations differently. You know, Dolores and Frank moved on. Teresa moved on from Joe. Jennifer stayed with Bill. Margaret kind of gave a little more insight as to how her family moved past her infidelity. So I thought that was all really great. Like, I think it's, it, we should be normalizing those types of conversations because no relationship is perfect. And I think we could all learn something from how these women handled their relationships to how we might be trying to handle things in our own individual lives. So I applauded all the women for, for being super open and having those conversations. I agree with that. And I, I was really shocked when it came to these women talking about like, it was almost like they took a tally, like a poll, like who would leave their partner or husband if they had an affair? Is that a deal breaker? And Dolores was like, no, it's not a deal breaker. And I'm like, not a deal breaker. Yeah. You just talked about how you were sitting by the phone, like, and you were going, or you were sitting by the window, you were going through Frank's phone. Why would you ever want to put yourself there? What do you mean not a deal breaker? The only person I really agreed with was Teresa when she was like, deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting, right? I was actually surprised to see how many women said it wasn't a deal breaker. I was actually kind of surprised by that. Um, but I thought that was interesting, you know, because I feel like we're all, I feel like as a society, we're really just adapting and, and moving forward in so many different ways. Cause I know for me personally, like I'm really interested in open relationships. I really like the idea of non-monogamy, but I know that also opens up the idea of like, okay, so what's cheating? Like is cheating, like doing it behind your back and not having an open conversation about it. Like there's so many different ways. I feel like we can define cheating, especially if your relationship isn't the typical, typical monogamous way. Um, so I think it's great that just these women had these conversations, but yeah, overall, I was really surprised that Teresa was the only one that was like, yeah, that's a deal breaker. I thought that was very interesting. I thought that that was very interesting too, but yeah, I don't know. It was wild. But one thing that I definitely... That part, I could stand behind Teresa. This next part, I really couldn't. When <laughs> Teresa brings up... And actually, technically, this was Rachel Fuda who brought this up. But it was the question of, are your kids close? And Teresa's like, well, yeah, they used to be until Antonia like didn't show up to Melania Sweet 16. And then Melissa looks at her and goes, are you really going to bring up my... Don't do that. Don't bring up my daughter's name. And she's like, what? Did I say anything bad? Girls, did I say anything bad? You know, she like gets into it. And they're like, ugh, we're not touching this with the 10-foot pole. But Melissa was not happy. They're going head-to-head over her bringing up her daughter. What were you thinking in this moment? I think at the I think at the end of the day, it was just another like facepalm moment with Teresa. Like I know Teresa didn't mean any harm and didn't mean to say anything bad about Antonia when she mentioned her name. But at the same time, you have to understand that like anytime you bring up a kid, like these moms are going to be on defense mode, right? Like they're going to get sensitive about it because that's what they care about most in this world. So it didn't surprise me that Melissa was in her feelings after Teresa brought up Antonia. But I don't think Teresa like really meant anything by it. I think she was just saying, yeah, they were close for a long time but Antonia has you know didn't go to Melania's birthday party so since then there hasn't been as much closeness like I could see what she was trying to say but 
you know, anytime you bring up a kid and you do kind of put the guilt on them a little bit just by saying like, well, Antonia didn't show up to this birthday party. Like it does kind of shift blame a little bit, but I know Teresa didn't mean to say anything bad about her, but girl, come on. Like, you know, Melissa's probably going to feel some type of way after you bring up her daughter. Like, you know, you got to use common sense here a little bit. And the irony over the fact that Melissa just had that conversation going through the drive-thru with Antonia talking about how, you know, you know that when your dad and his sister, they get into arguments that never falls on you, right? And then fast forward to Ireland and it's like, well, Antonia. And it's like, oh, shit, Teresa, not that Antonia. But do you think that this is, and I'm curious because I saw both on Twitter Twitter's like going down the freaking rabbit hole, y'all. It's wild. But I did see both. And some people found it extremely hypocritical because when Jackie brought up the Gia Judice analogy, also the analogy was a terrible analogy. I mean, the analogy was Gia doing drugs, right? So it, it was just terrible. She shouldn't have ever used that analogy. But is it hypocritical when Teresa flips out when somebody mentions her daughters or her kids and not, you know, expecting Melissa to freak out or no, because they're two totally different situations. And you could tell one was, I mean, how do you feel? Completely different situations. You can't even compare the two. I think, of course, in general, you just shouldn't bring up the kids, obviously. But come on now, you're talking about this horrible analogy about Gia doing drugs to Antonia just not showing up to a birthday party. I mean, they're completely different situations. And Jackie was trying to hurt Teresa by bringing up that analogy. Teresa wasn't trying to hurt Melissa or Antonia. She was just answering Rachel's question. So they're completely different situations here. Like you, excuse me, like you can't even compare the two if you ask me. Do you feel like Melissa's reaction to the sort of deflection or using Antonia as an example of why maybe the kids aren't close, was her reaction appropriate? Or do you think that she kind of took that one a little bit too hard? Because she didn't even, to be fair, her reaction was not big. You could tell that she was annoyed. You could see it in her face. But when she was talking to Joe Gorga, it was like, oh, she's pissed. Yeah. Ugh, this is a tough one because I think I think honestly, like this standalone moment isn't that big of a deal. But I think just given the fact that they're just on such rough terms right now, I think any little thing that either one of them are going to do is going to hurt the other in some capacity. So I think it's just given the fact that we're going through this wedding drama, we're going through the drama of not inviting Melissa's mother, you know, all of the, the pizza gate, like everything is going on all at once. So I think it was just in that moment that Teresa said this and Melissa was like, oh my gosh, like another thing that's like pissing me off like so i kind of get where melissa's coming from where she's like it's just not stopping like i don't know what else to do like it just feels like every time we hang out something else is said that hurts you know that hurts me um so i think just given how toxic their relationship is at this moment i wasn't that surprised that melissa took it so um took it kind of hard um but i think if it was just a standalone thing and if they were like on good terms she probably wouldn't have been as upset with joe on the phone but I think just given everything that's going on, it was bound to add. It was like another thing to add to the list of problems that they have right now. And I think Melissa made a great point too, because when Teresa said, I just want them to be close. I want the kids to be close. And Melissa pretty much said, then let's lead by example. If you wanted them to be close, we should be showing a great example. You should have had me in your wedding. You should have. And then it starts, it's reopening all of the cans. But I did agree with Melissa. It's like, if you're going to have, 
Chanel Ion, who is absolutely amazing from Dubai, who you just met at the wedding, and she's now bringing her son. If you're going to have Jennifer, who you just met on the show like a few years ago, and she's one of your bridesmaids, like if you're having a few of these people, I mean, you know, this is a little messy, Teresa, but she also is a housewife and she gets paid for the mess. So I don't think she's mad at it. So we can't be either. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's her special day. She wants the people that she wants there and you can't argue with that. So it is what it is. I agree. All right. So after we go jewelry shopping and all of the women are airing out their grievances, we get to another lunch, another lunch full of cocktails and, well, just shitty conversations, really. But we get Polaris. We get Polaris. This time we're talking about Dolores and Paul. If they would get married, the rings, him talking to her about rings and their celebrity name, Polaris. (laughs) Are you co-signing this? I think it's cute. You know, I know for me, I'm just really happy for Dolores. You could just tell just the way she talks about him and just, she's in a love bubble, you know, taking from Teresa's iconic phrase, you know, last season and what and whatnot. Like, it's very obvious Dolores is in a love bubble right now and she's really head over heels. And it's obvious that she just really loves the way Paul takes care of her. And I think that's amazing. Like, we can all agree that Dolores deserves a little love and affection after everything she's gone through in her life. So I'm just happy for her. And the fact that they are even talking about getting married and stuff like that, I think it's great. But I love how she's kind of like, I really can't do a Teresa style wedding. Like, I'm just trying to elope and then come back and if, I'll just tell you I'm married, and that's it. I love that. I mean, and on top of that, it kind of looked like... I don't know if Teresa's face was just... I mean, it was like this. This literally is what her face looked like. <laughs> when when they were having this conversation, and I couldn't tell if it was the, the part where she was like, why are we talking about her potentially getting married when I'm sitting here and I'm actually getting married? Or if it was just... She had her mouth open looking in awe because she was just curious what was going to come out of Dolores's mouth. I, I couldn't tell. Like, are we getting a little annoyed here because this trip's supposed to be about you, but it's really not? Or are we just listening, Teresa? We can't read your facials. Yeah, I think Teresa was just listening, to be honest, in that moment. I think she was just sitting there. Like, that that whole, like, yeah, lunch that they had was very low-key. Like, it just felt like they were just sitting and chit-chatting and just talking. And I love that. I think they were just, like, in the moment, and there wasn't any craziness that was actually happening for once. <laughs> fair, fair. What were your thoughts when Melissa did call Joe? And for the first time this season, we hear, I don't know, Joe. I don't know if we we'll even be like if we should go to this wedding and he's like well that's exactly what they want they don't want us to go because then we're we look like the bad guys i mean this is the first time we're hearing this did you think about that at all or were you just like we already know you're not going to the wedding girl i mean i thought it was just kind of interesting the way joe like kind of had it figured out a little bit if that makes sense like he was right off the bat like, well, you know, that's what she wants because that's going to make us look bad and blah, blah, blah. And I think for me, I was just kind of taken aback by that because I I would think, you know, I don't know, based on Joe's recent Watch What Happens Live appearance, you know, he wants it to be about family and he wants everything to get along or whatnot. So if that's the case, I'm surprised he didn't just say, I understand that you guys aren't getting along on this trip and whatnot, but of course we have to go to the wedding. Like we have to support my sister. Like that would be devastating. But instead, he's like, well, that's what she wants us to do. But that would make us look like he already kind of was thinking about like public perception, if that makes sense. And that just I think that says a lot. You know, at the end of the day, even having a conversation that we shouldn't be going to the wedding, you're already thinking about what other people might think of you. Like, I don't know. It was kind of giving me a red flag a little bit, if you if you ask me. Okay. 
No, I mean, that makes sense because that's one of her biggest complaints is she feels like the celebrity of all of this has gotten to his head and that he and Melissa do a lot of the things that she feels like they do for the show and for the fame of it all. And she feels like she is just being her true, genuine self. She's not messy and she's never to blame. So it's like, holy <laughs> shit, where do you even go? I mean, these, they give me whiplash. You know, they're filming the reunion tomorrow, right? Yeah, I saw it because I watched well, watch What Happens Live. And when Andy said in 48 hours, we're doing the reunion to be a fly on the wall in that room. Well, I guess we will be by watching it later on, but I just want to watch it all, to be honest. I mean, it's. I feel like it's going to be wild. I feel like the claws are going to be out. Teresa recently said on Namaste Bitches podcast that she was asked, like, is this going to be awkward for you? Is it going to be weird seeing your brother? And she's like, yeah, of course it's going to be weird. But she's like, everything about this job, you know, is awkward. We're put in awkward situations. So I'm used to it. It's a job. And she was able to sort of compartmentalize like, Yes, you're my family, but right now, that shit does not fly. It doesn't count. We're on the reunion floor. Let's do this. It's an interesting dynamic, right? Because for me personally, I'm one of those, like, I believe in resolution. I believe, like, there's not, unless somebody does something so evil to you, I believe you can, like, make amends. And you don't have to be best friends. You don't have to, like, hang out or be, you know, whatever. But you could just be on good terms with somebody or just be respectful. Like, I really do believe people are capable of doing that unless somebody does something so insanely evil to you. Um, But, you know... So while I say that on one hand, but on the other hand, I see how hurt Teresa is by them and like how much she's gone through. And like, there's just really no making amends here. So it's really hard for me because I don't necessarily, I mean, even though I would like them to, I think it's one, one of those things where I don't want them to like be so hateful to each other and like drag each other to the ground. And it's just messy, messy, messy. But at the same time, I want Teresa to hold her head high going into this reunion. Like I want her to say, you really hurt me. And this is how you did it. And I want her to pull out receipts and I want her to hold them accountable. I think that's the thing. I don't want them to just gloss over everything and just say, we're family. Let's just move on. Cause they've tried it so many times and it doesn't work. I think what they really need in any effort to move on, whether if that means moving on and never speaking again, or moving on and becoming somewhat of a family again, you need to hold each other accountable and get to the root of these issues and talk about it all. So I hope that's really what they accomplish when they go into this reunion. Right. Instead of playing the blame game. And they always say, we're Italian. We don't talk about our feelings. Is that true? I would say so, yeah. And there's a lot of like sweeping under the rug, but you can't. Once you get to this point, it's like when you bottle up your emotions, right? Eventually, like that lid is going to pop off and they're all going it's all going to come out. So I hope that they just talk about everything at this reunion, really go over everything to figure out if it's worth moving on or if they should just let bygones be, uh, be bygones be bygones. Yeah, but also you had this theory that you think based off of the Watch What Happens Live episode that Melissa and Joe were at, when Melissa, are you a therapist? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> she said that she is coming to this reunion with a stack of receipts. Like she's never come before. So if she's coming in, she's already going to be on the defense. But then you were thinking, potentially based off of Joe Gorga's choice of words at Watch What Happens Live, that maybe they've seen some of the fan backlash, some of the fan feedback, and some people just throwing out there into the Bravo verse that, hey, one of you guys might have to go. So maybe they're trying to make amends because when you put a million dollar paycheck on the line, money talks. That's just it. I'm just talking. Yeah. And I'm just talking real. I mean, you see Adam and I are are now getting tagged in videos by the fans on social media. I don't know if you saw those, Adam, but like Mm -hmm. we're getting tagged in some stuff and people are like, look at these receipts. And like people are showing like Melissa will say one thing, but then you fast forward to like, you know, a confessional and she says another thing. And it's so 
I think, I think honestly, at the end of the day, you know, the TV show and the job does have a big hand in this. I would like to think that Joe and Melissa want to make amends with Teresa just because they're family. But it's like I said, I just feel like they've gone through too much. And I don't think that's necessarily even fair to themselves. Like, if you really do have a problem with somebody, I don't think you should just sweep it under the rug just because they're family. Like, get to the root of the issue here. So I hope that's the energy they bring. Plus, I mean, I do think at the end of the day, they do know that their jobs are at stake when it comes to this TV show. And that's not a bad thing to say. That's just the reality. I would be feeling some type of way if I knew my job was on the line. You know, you you act up, you do certain things. You want to make sure that you're still worth being on this show. It's a form of income at the end of the day. So I think all of that is very fair as to why they're doing the things that they're doing. But at the end of the day, I just want something to come out of this, whether they decide to just move on and part ways officially, or if they try and move on. Um, But they just need to bring everything to the table and not hold back, in my opinion. I mean, based off of what you just said, too, in my interview with Sonia, she mentioned this, like going into Housewives with that athlete mentality, she knows that nothing lasts forever. And I was like, that is something that works in your favor, because you can live more in the moment and enjoy this while it lasts. Because It is a pop culture phenomenon. You know, how long is it going to last? We don't know. But what I do know is if Louie tries to give anybody a freaking pillow and says, it's your turn to talk at this reunion, I'm going to rip my hair out. I'm ripping it out. If he wanted to be iconic, he should show up in no-nos PJs. (laughs) Oh, no. 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 No pun intended. That's not what I meant. But no. No. Imagine how cringy. I think the whole audience would just be like, it would be a gag-worthy moment for sure. But yeah, I think the cringe factor would be on a whole other level. <laughs> He's like, Andy, it's great to see you. And I hope out of this, we find some love and some resolution. And right now I'm wearing Nono's PJs. I- and- <laughs> Oh my God. Maybe he did like a reveal. He has like a suit on it. Then he like takes it off to show Nono's. Like PJs. some Superman shit. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) I actually have a very cringe video that I'm going to play for you. But before I play it for you, we end off this episode. We're at another dinner in Ireland, another dinner that gets ruined. So much so that Dolores was like, no girls, you're not getting dessert. That shit's not happening. Take your bottle of wine and walk your ass right out of the restaurant. We have Danielle and Rachel who are going at it again over this freaking rat comment. And then that somehow translates into Jennifer Aiden and Margaret Josephs fighting over duplicitous, duplicitous. Well, here's a word for you, buggle off. What was your takeaway from that? This was so chaotic. I was just sitting there like a ping pong match, like, yeah, I know. Off. What the? F- silly. I thought the whole conversation was silly. I think the rat conversation needs to move on. I think, you know, Put it to bed. Like, it is what it is. Rachel said this one thing. Let's not have these bit hard feelings over it. Even though it seems like it gets even worse based on the preview for next week, it looks like Danielle kind of loses it a little bit and she's, like, screaming at Rachel. So looks like the rat conversation is not going to die. I'm going to be honest. I'm just a little bored by this storyline. I like them both. I think they're great. But I think it's kind of silly. Rachel repeated something. I think it's great. You know how I've been saying every week? I'm like, Danielle brought it up in the locker room. And I'm so glad that Rachel brought that up in this last episode because we finally saw it. And I was like, thank goodness, I'm not crazy. Like, I don't understand why this is such a big deal that Rachel repeated something. Daniel's done the same. Danielle has done the same thing in this very season. So I don't understand why it's a big deal. So I'm hoping that storyline dies soon just because I'm a little bored by it. But when it kind of shifted over to Margaret and Jennifer, I got to tell you, I know their feud has been lasting for seasons, but I am always entertained by those two. I think they just bring a, a t- you know, a timeless feud. They always bring something funny to the table. And I also enjoy like when they have their calmer, like this was a calm argument for them. 
And I liked that Margaret like apologized for calling her a drug addict. And you could see Jennifer appreciated that. Like, yeah, I think despite the fact that they feud every season, they do have an underlying like respect for each other. They know that they're good opponents for each other. Um, so I just kind of like seeing their dynamic evolve in this latest episode. And, you know, she's like, and I like that Margaret too. She, they're both witty. And I think that they're both really entertaining. And she's also like, listen, I apolo- I'm going to apologize about the drug addict comment, but disheveled. She is disheveled. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, it was coffee talk. It, was co- it wasn't It was coffee talk. I'm like, you ladies. But I guess calling somebody, from my experience, being so invested in mob wives, you just don't call someone from New York City or Jersey a rat. So yes. maybe that's why this is such a big deal. I don't know. I'm over it too. There's certain trigger words, right? Well, I think there was another word like trash. Like, don't call them trashy because like that's another thing that will really set them off. Like certain words, like you just don't call Jersey women. It's it's really kind of funny, honestly. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you can call me a see you next Tuesday, but you call me a rat. Patterson Dolores is coming out. I know. And I'm still waiting for that. When is Patterson Dolores coming? Because I'm ready to see a girl. <laughs> it's not. She's Polaris now. She's chill. She's, she's living in the she's living in the James Bond townhouse. She's good. She's in her love bubble. So she's chilling. She's in her love bubble. Okay. Well, I'm gonna play this video real quick for you. Um, I'm sure maybe you've seen it, but I don't know if the live chat has seen it. So okay. thank you, Taste of Reality. I want to play this. Yes, this video. Oh my gosh, with the man bun. I love this Chrissy Balls girl, by the way. She doesn't play. She gets the receipts, girl. She really does get the receipts. Let's check out the video and see what you guys think. I got this video sent to me of Louie and wow. You thought the beach video was bad? Stick around and I'll explain what he's talking about on the other side. I was a lost soul. You know, I'm in this parking lot right now. I'm walking into this building. It's right behind me. And it's like, why is it called R-U-E-L-A-L-A? It's a joke. You know, nobody knows that. And like, you know, I... uh and my last name is Ruel. Um, and like all these amazing things I've done, you know, like crazy shit, man. That People's like biggest champion. All of it together does not amount to what you've you're doing to me. That's good. And what you're allowing me to have with you, you know, like so special. <laughs> Some people wake up today and feel like I lost a half a billion dollars yesterday and I didn't feel it anywhere in my body. I didn't feel it anywhere in my body. Like I just. So the backstory to this video is the fact that he has told many people that he owned and is the namesake for the company store Ruala. As he explains on the video, the name of the company in the store is a play on his last name. Rulala, Rualis, get it? Was he perhaps a, a founder of this company and he just got rid of it real early and now he just reaps the benefits? I don't know. I'm going to check these things. This article is from when Rulala acquired Gilt, who was their rival in the industry. Right down here, it says that Rulala was founded by Ben Fishman in 2008 and acquired in 2011 by Kinetic, a holding company that also owns Fanatics and Shoprunner. Again, I checked, like, did he work for any of those companies? And the answer is no. So when you hear this man talk about how the Gorgas stole a quarter of a million dollars from him or how his 
exes were crazy or how Teresa is the love of his life. Please do your best to keep this video in mind because it speaks volumes to who he is and what he's capable of. Wow. <laughs> this woman, you got to love a private detective. Okay. She's I like, mean, I feel like we need to get her on for our next recap. Yes, girl. She's clear. She does the work. Okay. I will give her the credit. She's got the time and she is doing the work to see what these men are really up to. So you got to applaud a devoted queen. Okay. <laughs> does that make you nervous though? Like does, does Louis give you, I mean, I feel like I had red flags at first with all of the women coming forward. And then when he said to Joe, they're just jealous, they're jealous of Tari And Joe was like, maybe if one came forward, yes, but two, three, I don't know about that. But then the businesses and all of the, like I saw on Twitter where people are now calling him a con man. <laughs> I think it's safe to say since day one, we've all looked at Louie a little sideways. And I think that's because we were mainly just trying to protect Teresa. Like we were so concerned, like she really, how did she meet this guy? And like, they really fallen in love really fast. And like, they're doing all these things and blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of us have been weary of Louie for a while. Um, and then as we saw with these, what was it last season? Margaret tried bringing up some, of, excuse me, Margaret tried bringing up some of it and Teresa wasn't having it. But, you know, then he goes and watch what happens live. And, you know, as he's trying to explain his business, it's giving very much Jen Shaw trying to explain her business. And then we see this video and like, there's just been a lot of weird things we've seen from Louis since day one. I try giving this man the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, I think we, I'm like, none of us are blind. Like we're all seeing these red flags and we're all a little concerned about Louis's past. And like, listen, everybody has a past, but I think there's definitely quite a few things that still make us concerned about Teresa's well-being if anything were to go down south. Like we're just we really just want the best for Teresa at the end of the day. So if Louis is maybe a little more sketch than, you know, we might realize like that we all have a right to be nervous if that, if that's the case. Oh. And Baileybug776, you are shady as hell, but oh my god, I would hate to see the pit stains on Nono's pajamas. Ooh. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> all right. Well, Again, guys, tonight, um, 10.25 p.m. Eastern, we are going live. Jason's making some cockies for you for the Vanderpump Rules after party. That will be on Up and Adam channel two. We're almost at 20,000 subscribers on that channel. So if you're not subscribed, go over there and get subscribed and we will see you later on tonight. But in the meantime, Ricky, thank you as always for recapping the Real Housewives of New Jersey with us. Always, girl. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. It's always so great to see you. It's great seeing you, and we will hopefully see you maybe next week. You let me know. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Thank you to everybody in the live chat. Thank you for all of the mods. Um, thank you to all of the mods, and thank you guys for just engaging. Okay, I'm going to go now. Love you. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.